Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection of humans and technology. Today, we have Dr. Susan Weinshank. Hello. Hi there. And I am Guthrie Weinshank. Now, today we are going to talk, uh, our topic today is the science of decision making. Um, and we, we picked this topic for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, it's obviously interesting. Uh, and decision making is something that kind of combines uh, lots of important uh kind of human aspects of what we do in life. But also, um, we've been doing a fair bit of work about it as we are putting together a couple couple presentations that uh, that we give to, to various to various places. And so uh, we've been we're doing some work on it. And so we have the research nice and fresh and ready. So we thought we'd do a podcast on it. Um, now, uh, I just want to quick say before we start, um, again, if you haven't told friends about the podcast please do it continues to grow in popularity but we would like even more uh followers and also um subscribe and give us ratings uh we really do need the ratings so that um it looks like our podcast is super popular so we get more people so uh with that uh susan you want to you want to start with a little overview about uh, decisions yeah we kind of had a hard time deciding what to do a podcast on today that's why ironic. we chose decisions. It was ironic. <laughs> it is ironic. Yeah, that was the, that was that was the funny part of that. Well, there's some there's some great, uh, pretty recent research out about decision making and how we make decisions. And you know me, I love research. So yeah, I mean, and one of the things that we find so interesting about this, and that people who hire us find so interesting about this whole field, is um, you know, uh, there's a whole one of the the talks we give, uh, it's what is it called? The the five things um, everyone needs to know about people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and one of the the the, the kind of s sections that we have is basically that you know we as humans walk around thinking that we are doing things that we we are thinking things and then we are putting you know taking action and right that that we as a conscious being have. We are, we are masters of our destiny. We are masters of our, of our ship, of our domain. Um, and this is not true at all. We are, uh, we are, 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 we are blobs of brains <laughs> that are doing their own thing uh, and making their own decisions. And your subconscious is doing almost, sorry, unconscious. Yeah, you know, we should explain. People, people sometimes write into me and they say, why do you use the term unconscious? Unconscious means, you know, like you're, you're in a coma. Because uh, because I talk a lot and in and, and I write a lot yeah. about unconscious mental processing and I always used to use subconscious because that's just what I grew up with but I've been trying to re retool retrain yourself well the, and the re just, just to mention um, <clears throat> the reason we say unconscious rather than subconscious is because in the research literature when people do research on this when they do research on you know, mental processing that we're not aware of or decision how decisions are made that we're, we're not consciously aware of, they use the term unconscious. So right. subconscious uh, is kind of... It's in, more of a Freudian Yeah, and in the popu popular language, people talk about right. things, subconscious things, but yeah. in the research world, they talk about unconscious. So which, just, makes, which makes the unconscious, because sub would, would make it seem as if it's inferior. Yeah, I don't. I mean, sub is supposed to mean that it's just below the level of consciousness. Right. But it's but it's but it's the same. You know, it's all the brain. But I think the reason that the researchers went to unconscious was just to distance themselves purposely mm. from Freud. Okay, so um, back to you. Don't want to hear about all these little inside psychology arguments. I don't sure. blame you. No, no, no. I'm wow. teasing. Mm, no, really. we, we got, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So yes, okay. you back to what you were saying that we are um, not conscious yeah, masters. We are, we are just human blobs and our unconscious is kind of doing things. And then, um, you know, the big idea is that basically, uh, the unconscious just like, uh, you know, wants a burger or smells some ice cream or whatever it is. And it and then it pushes that thought, bloop! It like bubbles it up, and then it kind of shows up in your conscious brain, and you think that you had a thought, when really you didn't really have much of anything. Um, <laughs> your your 
you know, you're just now. Now there are certainly some things that you do consciously, but most of most of what it is, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like uh, like. Well, I could use a computer analogy, but um, you know, like it's it's the it's the graphical user interface over the actual computing work, right? So it looks pretty, it, right? It conscious, it's like this, you know, wonderful thing that's the human whatever. And, but, but underneath it, the, all the work is just being done. By um, zeros and ones. By zeros and, well, yeah, I mean, it's the brain, but so it's neural networks, but essentially, right? It's all, the, the, bra the brain is it's doing its own thing. Um, and, and the thing that it's doing is much closer to like a cat than it is to, you know, <laughs> Aristotle. And, well, it, I don't know if I would agree with that, but yes, yes, you're right. That, and you I know, know, man, I, cats like cats, they act on this like deep, um, kind of emotional, they're on this, they live in this emotional state. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the emotional state that I think makes most of our decisions. Well, okay. Wait a minute, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I mean, obviously we're more sophisticated. No, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Much more I'm going to challenge you a little bit. So. Okay. Uh, first of all, yes, absolutely. Most uh, of our decisions are made unconsciously. And, you know, as people who listen to this podcast know, I'm sure we've said it before, and I'm sure we're going to say it again in other podcasts, most mental processing of any kind, not just decisions, most processing of information happens unconsciously. So um, it's no surprise that decisions are made unconsciously. But I do want to, and, and, and although a lot of our decisions are made by and are influenced by our thoughts, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, our feelings and our emotions, like you said, you know, the cats are just making emotional decisions. There are parts of the brain that are processing information, not in an emotional way, just processing information. And that's also unconscious. So I don't want to imply that if we say decisions are made unconsciously, it means that decisions are made all from an emotional uh, feeling point of view. That's not true. There's actually a lot of uh, logical, uh, um, uh, rational uh, decision-making going on, but even that is not conscious. So that's, I think, to me, that's an important distinction. Because okay. I don't want people to feel like, oh, I'm just walking around making decisions and it's all based on my gut and my emotions and there's no rational thought going into it. There is. There's just not much rational conscious thought going into it. You know, the other thing that's kind of weird and interesting is that um, what happens is, you know, as you said, you, your unconscious makes a decision. It eventually bubbles up into consciousness. And we're going to talk about that whole process, I hope in this in this podcast um but then and then you become aware of it and then you might talk about it but then you you will feel compelled to um put a reason behind your decision and so you essentially make one up and that's consciously you well, you i'd say oh yeah i decided to, to do this because, because, because we're we're rolling right into research alley so oh. you might as well just back up and oh. just talk about this study because i know exactly to what you are referring to you do because i i wasn't talking about a particular research project i was just talking oh well <laughs> i i know but like why why do you think that way no i was just gonna say that what we tend to do is put on top of it a rational reason about why we did what we did and no, we'll I, believe I the rational research reason. study really what research study are you talking oh, about oh look i don't have i don't have it right in front of me it's the one um with people with uh with brain disorders who have who have a part of their uh, brain is is missing or gone, and so they'll make um, decisions, and then the the person uh, the like the researcher will be like, well, why did you make that decision? And they'll come up with some um, some reason, even though it has it, it's not true at all. Yeah. Like the uh, the the like the the researcher, it's like people without short term was is short term memory loss or something. You gotta help me out here, and and they uh they, they uh the the researcher would be like go pick up like a glass of water. Yeah, that's a, that's actually not the the research I was thinking of. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, 
Uh, am, I, am I just making this up? No, there is a study that shows that, um, and that's really more about um, they're given uh, a stimulus to one part of the brain, but they're not aware of having received that stimulus. And so they take action on it. So do you want to just explain this? Because I think it illuminate. I think it illuminates the point that you made well. Yeah, yeah. So, so people who have certain kinds of brain damage um, are not aware of the fact that they've even seen something or felt something or read something or heard something, depending on which part of the brain is not functioning. Right. So, so they get the stimulus, right? There's they get a, the stimulus. They see. They see something. They see the glass of water, but or they see the picture of a glass of water, but they're not aware in their conscious brain that they've seen it. Because that's happening in an unconscious part. Because that there's a part of the brain that isn't brain working. Is damaged. Yeah. Um, but then if you ask them, you know, to take an action on what they saw, they will take the action because they did see it. So they'll be like, so 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 they'll have like a like a like a picture of a cool crisp glass of water. Yeah. That consciously they will not have seen. Yeah. Okay. Or or uh, I think I I think again I think I remember like a researcher saying like go like you are very thirsty or something yeah you're very thirsty go get a glass of water so then they'll go and get so it. then they'd wait and then they and then they'd ask them so how how are you feeling and the person will say i'm feeling very thirsty uh like, what, why that, are you why are you feeling thirsty and they'll say i i i worked really hard today and uh, i haven't had much to drink you know i mean they'll just make up a reason that yeah. that is logical um even though that's not the real reason and yeah. and yeah, so we know and they'll that really believe it. They'll really believe it. Yeah, no. If you said to them, "You're just doing that because," they'll say, "No, no, no. Really, I really worked hard today out in the garden, and I'm really <laughs> thirsty." And so the idea, yeah. So the research does show that. And and what we also know though is that's not just from being brain damaged. You know, that the rest of us are doing it too. That yeah. we're all having yes. these thoughts and these uh, mental process decisions based on input that we get. But we're not aware of it, and then we make up a reason on top of it. And you know, so it's really interesting for people who do um, oh, yeah. like usability work or- Like you, um, just just as background, Susan has done many, many years of usability work and interviews, right? Where Market she'll, research and Market research, where she'll, she'll go interview people who are actually using a product, right? Right, and, and you of say, course, you know, why, why did you, you know, why do you, why do you need this product? Why did you buy this product? What, you and know? they'll, and they'll give you a reason. They'll talk and it'll sound really convincing, but you know, and it really, I mean, it's, it's put a damper on my research, on my consulting work <laughs> because I got to the point where, as I was writing some of my books and, and I write about, you know, this unconscious mental processing and decision-making and I was reading the research and writing about it, and I was going, oh, shoot, you know, because it really calls into question the whole technique of interviewing people and asking them what they want and why they want it. And, and they'll, they, they sound so convincing, but now I don't believe them. So it's a real, <laughs> it's a real problem. It's a real problem, you know, and we're starting to get now into neuro measurements, right? Yep. Which we've talked about before on the, on as the a, podcast. As an aside, uh, I have a friend who works for, uh, I believe it's Gallup yeah. polling. Yeah. And they, I mean, and they are right on the forefront of this kind of, you know. Um, yeah, ask people, right? Yeah, so, well, no, 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 of neural measurement. Oh, they're doing neural measurements. Yes, yeah. so um, I actually, so I, she, uh, she got me on one of the lists, you know, because they do, because they do these studies, right? You, you yeah. Know, they give you, they give you some money and you come in. Um, and so, like, I came in and uh, they, they, they put the, they put all the little neurons on my head. Um, I didn't know you did they, this. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is actually a year ago. Um uh, they put I put the they put the cap on and then you go into a room and they have uh, eye tracking uh, kind of set up and uh, I believe they have like a galvanic finger response thing yeah and then um, they show you uh, they show you a bunch of um, like uh, the ads yeah that's I didn't know you did that yeah um, it was uh, yeah it, it's it was kind of it was kind of neat uh, and then of course they'd ask you what you think about it and I'm sure they compare like how you rate things to what you're actually thinking 
Huh. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, you know, the problem with that, there's several problems with that. I mean, you're only going to get, there's only, you know, you get these neural measurements and you can kind of set up situations in neural measurements and you get some data, but you still don't really know exactly what people are thinking or what to, or what to do about it. Well, it's, the, the field is young. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the other, the other interesting, uh, interesting whole part about this is that uh, humans are actually we're, we're very susceptible to uh, outside things um, and so you mean outside influences yeah yeah so um, uh, you know there's a whole there's a whole world of well once we get into brain implants if you could have for example viruses brain viruses that essentially would trigger um, input into the brain that the brain wouldn't necessarily like the, the as a consciously you wouldn't know you were receiving yeah that would then influence your behavior because right. you're getting this stimulus that's telling you to do something right um, and by viral you didn't mean biologically viral you meant no electronically yeah well I'll, absolutely yeah. i mean that, so like once we have brain implants right no, well, you'd that, be able to hack brains that it, that technology exists it's being cool. Tested by um, DARPA, uh, the U.S. <laughs> intelligence, military, whatever the heck. Oh, that's DARPA right. Has. Yeah, yeah. You should tell uh, tell people about this DARPA research. Yeah. So um, DARPA uh, has been experimenting with just what you said, with um, put, do, putting brain implants in. Now, um, you know. What they'll say, and I'm not saying I don't believe them, I just don't necessarily believe this is the whole story, but what they'll say is that they want to put brain implants into soldiers who are having um, difficulty, like controlling their impulses, right? Mm -hmm. People who's, who've had some kind of brain damage or yeah, mental PTSD, health issue. Strokes. And so they want to be able to, like, you know, short circuit a, a rage response, right? Yeah. So, so, uh, and and from a background perspective, basically, it, it, uh, the they're monitoring uh, brain waves mm -hmm. and brain activity, mm -hmm. and when the it, it detects a certain pattern of brain activity, right. that would either be um, like a uh, a seizure like or a, seizure a, a, ra or, a rage, or, a violence, yeah. that kind yes. of thing. That um, it would then what happens is it basically just shocks the brain and yeah. kind of um, and stops the, the kind of churning mm -hmm. of the of the activity that that the brain is kind of spiraled into um almost like a like a I mean, it doesn't like stop it entirely but you can almost think of it as like a defibrillator where right. then it resets it to a normal uh, right and they've been do, they're doing this they're so interested in this that they've actually have all in a, a wing of their group that is just about what's the easiest way to uh insert uh one of these devices into a brain you know it make it really easy so because yeah. it's you know it's a little scary doing brain surgery on people to insert you know electrodes <laughs> but so they have these special devices now that make it really easy to insert and it's inserted at a at a um a really surface level so they don't have to go deep in the brain and you know uh they can go, go just you know right right at your scalp and um but yeah. you know, it call it calls into question all kinds of things, right? I mean, what, as you said, um, what other thing? You know, once you have a device in the brain, you yeah, know, I'm like because right now the devices are basically they're they're just bludgeoning sticks. Like that's how sophisticated they are, right? It's like, it's like, it's either you know, it's just sending kind of random electrical shocks. But if you could, um, you know, very if you could, you know, in the future. When instead of random shocks, it, it, you, you're actually sending specific sending information, you, sending information, data. right, right. Well, to, you know, there's you know neural pathways, which uh, is really easy. Yeah. All you have to do is you just have to send um, the right electrical, uh, you know, impulse to the right oh. chain of neurons. Right, and and actually, I mean, that's done a lot. That that we know how to do. We're just not necessarily doing it with these DARPA implants near the scalp. Right. So, but, for example, if you do brain surgery, right, they, they always, like, they, they got to make sure they're, they're in the right spot, right? Yeah. So they, they have a little probe, and the person's awake because there's not actually not pain receptors. Um, 
and they want the them awake because they want to get feedback. They want yeah, exactly. You know. So so they'll so they'll they'll send a little they'll they'll touch the it's just you know it has a little electrical current and they'll touch a spot in the brain and the guy's hand will wave. It's like oh that's kind of you know and you're like, right they're making all kinds his... of things yeah absolutely so many things that we can do we know that that if we um, send a certain kind of electrical pulse to certain parts <laughs> of the brain we can uh, erase memories right like. You know, we've, that, that's possible to do. Um, there is really interesting research. There's a research study with um, primates, not humans, but I am not sure which primates, baboons or... Primates. Primates. There was a primate involved. Where they took three of... The researchers took three... Uh, let's just say it's baboons since I don't remember. And they had them, each of them, in a different location. I'm trying to remember how this was done. They're in a different location. They are all in front of a computer screen. Um, they have brain implants inside them, uh, and they have the brain. Um, uh, they have the the uh, brain waves uh, connected over the over Wi-Fi. You know you can do that, right? Over the internet. So. They are collecting brain waves from, you know, one baboon and sending it over the internet to another baboon. And they had these three baboons wired like this. Now the baboons don't know uh, that that, you know, they're wired up connected to other baboons. But they could actually and they they were doing the they do these tasks on um I mean, it's fascinating. We have these baboons in front of computer screens and they do these tasks where they choose, you know, the the orange square versus the blue square, and based on which one they choose, they'll get a reward, that kind of thing, right? They actually were able to get one baboon to um, decide uh, that it wanted to push the orange button to transfer that that information to another baboon in a different location, and have that baboon push the orange button. So these 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 animals were making decisions that were then sent to other animals, and the other animals were acting on the decision, right? Not knowing that it wasn't coming from their own. It's like brain. Avatar, which is just like you know, to me, that's just like you know, wild. But let's talk about. I mean, while we're talking about research and all, let's talk about some of the crazy research I think that's done on humans too. Um, so, for instance, if you make a decision. Uh, let's say you're not a baboon. Let's say you're you, and but you have to make a decision about, you know, pressing the red button or the green button, on the computer display. Um, if we have if we have the right electrodes in your brain, so we can see what's going on, uh, and we can see it's not even electrodes in your brain. I'll back up. If we can, if we have you, for instance, in an fMRI, or some other device where we can see your brain activity. You can actually see that a decision has been made and which decision has been made. The red. I, actually, I really button. like this research. This research is yeah, really fun. You can see in the brain that a, a, that a decision has been made, B, which decision it was, and you can see that seven seconds before the person becomes aware of the fact that they have made a decision and which the decision they've made. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like it's like a car shifting into gears. So you you tell it to shift into gears, it, it shifts, and then after a little bit, it finally clunks in, and then the and then the car can move. Like there's a little bit of delay. You, the brain yeah, has to do the work to make the decision. Yeah, and it's like all right, we we have the decision. We need to send it up to you know, to to the guy upstairs. Yeah, and, and you then, can see that happening. And so and so. People watching your brain know what decisions you've made before you've made them. I mean, be, no, I'm sorry, before you've become aware of them. Sure. So yes. that just shows you how much this is like, you know, not not under conscious control. But I have some other stuff too. You want to hear about more interesting yeah, brain yeah, yeah. research about sure. decisions? Just, just keep going. Okay. So have you ever heard? This was back in um, in 2005. So it was a while ago. Uh, Stephen Colbert started using the term uh, truthiness. Did you ever hear yes. him talk about truthiness? Yes. And so he describes truthiness as knowing in your gut that something is true as opposed to knowing through facts, logic, or evidence. Um, 
And he did, but did you know that he didn't invent that word? No, I, I um, didn't about it. Uh, truthiness appears in the Oxford English Dictionary uh, as a form of the word truthy or truthfulness uh, many years before uh, Colbert used it. But um, there is research that shows that uh, people do believe that information they feel is correct from their gut uh, is is more true. So we're, yeah. we're able to, we have, we do have the sense of, you know, what's true or not. So if I ask you, you know, is China a country in Asia, you'd probably be able to answer that question just by relying on your knowledge and your memory. But um, if I asked you, uh, like, is there a, a Gutenberg printing press museum in Mainz, Germany? You know, you may, you know, you that, and then you go, um, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, so you, no, maybe there isn't. So that there are some questions where we tend to use our gut more than than other questions. I don't think that. I think a better question would be, um, like, well. So, if, so for example, what if it's like an emotional thing? So it's like, do you like dogs? Yeah. Is that a better example than China's in Asia? Well, if asking is China a country in Asia is a, is an example of when you're not using your gut, you're not using truthiness. You're just you're just combing your memory. Okay, so you get so what is an example of when you do? Um. Well, yeah. Well, you know, certainly, if I ask you if you like dogs, that's that's a gut question. But the idea okay. is that even some of the, some of the non non feeling questions, some of the factual questions, you will you will if you're not sure, you'll go to your gut for confirmation. Is do I I I you know I'm gonna say the answer is yes, but then you check with yourself. How sure am I? So there's the decision, and then there's how sure you are of the decision. And if it's something you're not sure of, you may go to your gut to tell you, yeah. That's so, like, the right thing. for example, who was the 34th president? Yeah, and you say, um, uh, maybe 34 is even I too hard. I think it was like, like, okay, like, like the yeah, yeah, 30, 30 38th. Like yeah, and you're like, president. well, okay, like, so okay, we have like this 42 is now. Obama's so, this. Be, so I'm gonna uh, say, I think is, I think it was, you know, Clinton, and and then someone, uh, Bill Clinton. And then someone will say, you know, you sure about that? And you'll go, uh, and you'll just have this gut feeling of, I'm sure, I'm not sure, right? Yeah. Um, let's see, another, some other research is that you can affect this feeling of truthiness, okay, just by I repeating information a lot. So you can give people false information, but if you give it to them enough times, then they start to believe that it's true just in because they heard it a lot. <coughs> <laughs> the media? Um, Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So just by mm. saying something false over and over and over, and then I hear it and I hear it and I hear it and I hear it, eventually my my gut is going to say, yeah, I, well, that's true. So we well, equate... Well, there's a, there, there's a, there's a whole um, thing because... Uh, uh, Bill Simmons has a whole theory about this, essentially, yeah. which is in today's world of media, because everyone's so exposed, right? Like, yeah. you don't just hear a story once in the paper, and and maybe next week you'll have a follow-up, you know? you If there's a big story in your world, whether it's sports or, you know, pop culture or science, like, whatever, whatever it is, like, if there's a story, um, you get the story... Uh, dozens of times through you know Facebook and yeah. the news sources you read because right. because it's all can you know everyone has the same big stories um, and you're you're just swathed with so much info so um, basically whoever has the story first that's the story that's the narrative that gets repeated the first time you ingest it and you get hit with it like a bunch of different times you know dozens and dozens of times and so then even even if later right as maybe more facts come out and the narrative changes like yeah. that that is what it what is true about that story or at least you know the the outer bounds you know from kind of how how you know significant it is yeah has already been set by the public and it's done and decided and they'll just kind of you know most of them just will ignore anything else because their minds have already been made up 
Yeah, yeah. All right, now here's another one. You want more? Sure. So if you add a photo to that fake information, then then it's it's even more powerful. So uh, there's this guy, Stephen Frenda, who did research on this. So he showed photos with these news clips for political events that had occurred <laughs> over the last 10 years. But some of them were real and some of them <laughs> were altered, so they looked real. So he had, for instance, a fake story uh, of um, uh, President George W. Bush at the wheel of a pickup truck with Roger Clements. You, you know who Roger Clements is? Yeah, yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a uh, famous baseball player, um, famous for the uh, 2004 ALCS, the blood and the on the sock as he as he pitched the the Red Sox back in. He became a commentator for ESPN and was recently fired um, for his very strange um, kind of conservative and uh, yeah, he's a controversial remarks. figure. Yeah. Anyway, he they took um, probably did start they it. took President George Bush at the wheel of a pickup truck and and he's there with Roger Clemens and then they had text that was said September 1st 2005 as parts of New Orleans lie underwater in the wake of Hurricane Katrina President Bush entertains Houston Astros pitcher Roger Clemens at his ranch in Crawford Texas okay mm-hmm. and then so they showed this to people and then they asked people they gave them four options you either had to say I remember seeing this or I don't remember seeing it, but I remember it happening, or I don't remember this at all, or I have a different memory of how it happened, okay? Mm-hmm. And then they also had free-form questions like... I don't remember this at all. That was one of them. Okay. And then Yeah, they, no, that's that's my answer to, the, to this particular story. Well, because it didn't happen. It was a fake story. Wow. That's why you don't remember it. Anyway... They said, how did you feel about this event at the time? And looking back, how do you feel about it today? So they tested 2,650 people. That's a lot lot of people. people. Big study. So at the beginning of of the study, they they gave people three true events. This was just to see how good were people at remembering stuff even when it was true. (laughs) And most of the people, 82%, chose either I remember seeing it or I remember it happening for the true events. That's okay. Good. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, and 98% remembered seeing at least two of the three. And then they gave them It's very good. Um, one of the fake events and the photos. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Half of the people <laughs> reported that they remembered the false event. <laughs> and of those that reported remembering the event, half of those, um, or 27% of everybody, said that they not only remembered the event, they remembered seeing that photo on the news. Yeah. Yeah. And only 6% of the people said they remembered <laughs> it differently. And the rest of them, 44%, said that, that they, uh, they didn't remember the, the event. That's great. But, um, and then they, they had another one where they had uh, Hillary Clinton uh, campaigning for the Democratic nomination in 2008. Mm-hmm. And that was a fake one. And, and they actually had people writing in things like, you know, I thought it was just a desperate move, and it solidified my disgust with Mrs. Clinton as a candidate. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it didn't happen. Yeah, so this is part of my larger argument that just um, people are just stupid cheap, and uh, <laughs> they, they just float around. Make, they, just, they just like, they, they like to feel like they're making decisions and that, and like they have you know, like this, this handle on what's going on. Um, yeah. And you know, that's, it's a, it's a fun feeling. It's like, it, it's the same as, you know, I want to like, uh, I, I, I want to, like we said in the last episode, you know, um, I want to take a side. I like, I just like being on this side because it's fun. It feels good to be here and be in an argument. And, uh, you know, people just kind of, they just kind of drift through life making, uh, you know, their, their brains so, are... So we're not saying, you know, so I, I we're, now we're telling people if they want someone to believe something false, use a photo, but uh, I didn't say that. Oh, and this just solidifies how great um, people make as eyewitness, for, with the eyewitness yeah, testimony. From well, that's a whole... We're going to do a whole podcast on memory, Ugh. so that, yes, Ugh. yes, this has to do with memory. All right, I got it. I have more. You want more? Yeah, sure. All right. So this is a research-packed... Um, research-packed... 
So another thing we know is that people will make a decision. Like if, if they're trying, to, like they, they're, they're weighing different alternatives or they haven't decided it or they're thinking they about buying decide something. which brand of cereal to get. right or they haven't decided to you know I, whether i should buy a car or not or you know okay. wh or which car i should buy or you know there's just this they're, they're considering a decision but they haven't made the decision so one thing we now know is that confidence is what triggers the decision yeah so so you will make the decision when you finally feel, whenever the point is that you feel confident that you are making the best or the right decision, even though that might not be true, right? Right. You might not really have enough information. You might not be making the best decision. <laughs> but if you feel like you are, yeah, then that's when you go. Let's go for it. And you can actually, I mean, this research is done, um, you know, you can watch neurons firing and also done with primates. And when, when the confidence is there, then, the, then they'll do it. So, um, this is so. Here's a here's an ancillary story about myself. Yeah. Uh, as you know, and as I've said before, they you know there's all these like studies, and this is what brains do with stuff. And I'm always like the outlier. My brain is just weird. Um, it just works in weird ways. So I basically live my entire life in uh, in this very kind of like emotional decision making state. You do. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I, I basically, I basically George Bush. I shoot from the hip all the time. I'm just constantly just shooting from the hip. That's. I don't think of you that way. I know. Uh, I'm a. I think of you almost, you know, Spock-like. Uh, you would think so. Well, uh, fair enough. I mean, it doesn't. Again, these I'm making decisions based on my gut, but my gut can be based on rational process making. Okay. But. Um, I am not a make a list of pros and cons and then yeah. determine the best solution. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. do that at times, yeah. but I am almost exclusively, I have a feeling that this is the route I want to go. I'm just, and then we're gonna, like, I, then I just go for it. So, yeah. um, a couple, a year and a half ago, uh, I had two roommates and they had a car. We have two parking spots and one of them, uh, moved out. So then we had one roommate in an open spot for a car. And um, within about, I don't know, maybe about a day or two, uh, I had just decided, yeah, I'm just going to buy a car. You know, it just, it was, I, I had no inclination of doing it. And then my decision had been made. Just basically just like that. And so if I decide that on something, once once that just clicks on. Then you go. Um, then, I, then I just go do it. And I basically, that's how I live the majority of like my waking life. You know, like what do I want to eat? I'll think about it and then a decision will come i'll make it and that just and you I don't worry with, about it you don't uh, i don't even think about it yourself yeah no i i just i just i just live in this in this kind of unconscious world and then i just let the decisions come to me yeah. or like if i'm writing papers yeah um and i don't know where to start i'll read the question a couple times yeah i'll go to sleep i'll wake up i'll just start writing and i'll have all the answers my brain i'll just i just let my my well, that's letting your unconscious brain, you yeah. know, do it. Yeah, so, do so, but, thing. but basically, it's, it's, it's fun. I recognize that my conscious is, you know, it's just like a, like a blob of goo that's just bumbling around. And so I just, you know, I just let, uh, I let those gut feelings come in and then I just shoot. So do you think, you think as a result, you make, you tend to make good decisions? No, I think I make as good as, or bad decisions as anyone else. But well, I worry a lot less about this. Do you think you're I mean. unusual in this? Do you think most people are willing to really follow their gut that much? Yes, I think I'm unusual in this. So one of the things that 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 uh, I've been telling you know clients when I work with them, right? So you know I have clients and they want people to make the decision, make the buy decision, you know. Yeah. buy the refrigerator, sign up for the online classes or whatever it is. So one of the things I tell them is in order to encourage a decision being made, you, you make it easy. It's easy. No, make it easy. Yeah. Make it, well, make it easy, but also show, show them evidence of all the things they've already considered, you know, show them how they've, Oh look! You looked this up. You went here. You did this, so that they get the sense of yeah, I've I really there's nothing more to consider. I really there is researched no more this information. thoroughly. Yeah, 
even though that may not be true but if you've come to your conclusion yeah you've weighed all the variables yeah it's the sense of loss you don't want to feel like oh i messed up right or or what if i do mess up and i make the wrong decision right the fear of making the wrong decision right that that gut feeling yeah all right i have a few more here um did you know your pupils dilate when you're making a difficult decision that's fun so if you had you know if, if you could if you could uh see what people if they were looking at your screen and the camera could feed you their data you'd know that they were thinking hard about it uh let's see people tend to make decisions at certain uh calendar events um like on their birthdays or the first of the year or um so here's here's something kind of kind of weird uh adam alter hal hirschfield uh had a theory that big life decisions occur during milestone years, typically those ending in nine. <laughs> 29, 39, 49, and 59. Uh, that's funny. Because that they say that uh, at the, it's at these times people ask themselves reflecting questions like, what am I doing with my life and that kind yeah. of thing. So um, they... Yeah, and no, it makes a lot of sense. And, and so the normal process that's like, oh, you don't have all the information, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. People are like, no, I I need to make a decision, and and they don't worry about making the wrong decision as much, and they just shoot. Yeah, they just go for it. So you want to know how they um, it's how fun. they tested this? How? They uh, they tested data. They looked at data from the um, extramarital affairs dating site Azure <laughs> Madison, and yeah. also. They looked at data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Suicide. Mm. And of the 8 million men at the affairs website looking for a date, uh, more than 950,000 of them were 29, 39, 49, or 59, which is statistically significant. Mm. Uh, Women showed the same trend as men, but it wasn't as strong. And uh, let's see, over 500 of of 500 marathon runners at the athlinks.com website uh 74 percent were in a year ending in nine uh and the uh, suicide data from cdc from 2000 to 2011 shows that the suicide rate for both men and women uh who were in a nine year was statistically significantly higher so there there's some there's some data about that so kind of uh kind of um strange strange things we we do when we're trying to make a decision yeah i think um i think it's just we have this this uh duopoly i don't think that's a word no i know i what what does that mean what's a duopoly i think you just invented a word yeah do something i don't know how to finish it out um it's, there's a word that I'm looking for. Anyways, where I want I want I want to know what duopoly means. I'll I'll look I'll look that up. Uh, where basically, um, you know, we have the conscious part of our brains that's just constantly looking for um, meaning and the right decision, and we just want to be right and we want things to make sense. Yeah. Um, and then we have. Um, you know, it, it's like, it's, it's just the rationalizer and just constantly trying to rationalize all of the decisions we make Yeah, that we've made the correct decision. Yeah. Because we don't want to feel bad. Like we made the wrong decision. That would, that would well, be no fun. I think it's also, you know, sometimes. But then we wander around just making, you know, decisions based on our unconscious and just like, just doing things all the time. Cause like, you, you, like you gotta, right. you you're making tacos. You're making pasta today. But you know, I'm like, gonna say, you know, I'm here's what I'm gonna say. You know, there's there's a lot. There's some people out there that talk about this, and some some researchers that talk about this, like it's a bad thing, you know, like, like uh, especially I think, you know, in, speaking of your field of economics in the behavioral economics field, like Dan Ariely. But by uh, the way, yeah. Um, 
I want you to finish your thought. Duopoly, totally worry and exactly what I was trying to say. Really? What so, does that mean? Well, finish your thought and then we'll talk about duopoly. Okay. So, you know, Dan Ariely has a book called Predictably Irrational. And it's, it's a good book. I'm not going to say it's not a good book. It is a good book filled with his research and the research of some other people about the whole, the whole thing about irrational decision-making is what he would call it. And I don't like that term because it makes it sound bad, right? We, you know, irrational. We're making decisions with our unconscious. We're making irrational decisions. That's a bad thing. We shouldn't be doing that. Right. And they're rational. I don't, they're, I think, look, if you had to consciously think and decide every decision in your life, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make it five feet down the street, right? There's so this work it works it works most of the time the decisions you make with your unconscious they work because your unconscious is is much more able to process huge amounts of information in an accurate and efficient way and it doesn't have your nervous second-guessing self getting in the way yeah it's making these decisions based being on unsure at every Turn. making yeah. it's making decisions based on the data of the world around right. you about your visual data about what your, your past data, experiences your hearing your goals your ideas the way you were raised your memories that you 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 know you're not aware of right all these things are coming into play now sometimes you make the wrong decision because you're fallible or you make a decision that's possibly not best for you because you were you know predisposed to a certain right Thing but that most is wrong. of the time, it's doing you just fine. You're surviving, <laughs> you know, and, and no, you're not and dying. No, and it, I don't want to insult people, but yeah. it really doesn't matter, you know. Like whether you have tacos or lasagna, or you buy a red car or a blue car, that's that's all great. It just doesn't matter. I'm glad. I'm glad it's important to you. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you know, you're kind of like, a cynic. Like, I'm very much so. You know, yeah. so like, yeah, I, so if you're like the president of the free world, I, your decisions have, have you know, big consequences. Yes. But, you know, so if you're George Bush just making all your decisions from the gut, maybe that's the best way to go. But, you know, but for the most part, people, I think people just people have fine. too much worry in your life. You know, they just people should just relax more about the decisions and just kind of let things come. You know, you can't can't uh, control the world. Um do you want to know, learn about a duopoly? What does duopoly mean? Duopoly, from the Greek duo, obviously, meaning two, and polion, as in to sell. Okay, so duopoly. Yeah. So it's, it's a specific type of oligopoly in which only two producers exist in one market. And what was that second one? Oli ol oligopoly, right? Oligopoly. Yeah, so uh, it 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 mean it's it it's it's like a monopoly. Yeah. But instead of a, a monopoly, which would be one, one, an oligopoly is a couple, you know, major players dominate an industry. Oh, okay. And right? so then a duopoly is when two, right? So if a mono monopoly would be one, a one. duopoly would be two. Okay. So in this in this analogy I was making yeah. is that the 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 market is decisions, and the two opolies the the duo is your unconscious, and your conscious, and they are they are both trying to uh, have dominant control over the market of decisions. Oh. And so See, that's that's why I was saying we we have this this strange duopoly system where these two sides kind of battle each other okay all right yeah yeah it is a perfect word for except, the analogy in which i was using yeah it is except i don't i don't want to imply that we have the conscious mind and the unconscious mental processing battling each other no no but when we're making decisions right whether we make them you know very like list list of pros and cons or shooting from the hip right these are our, the two ah, the two ah. sides that 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 are struggling i don't right they're not struggling for control against each other but they, they're, it's our internal struggle in which we become um we don't we don't know which direction to go in yeah but it doesn't have to be a struggle i mean they can just work together and and you can 
you can confirm one with the other. Right? Yeah, I guess so. See, I think the reason some people make the pros and cons list, of which you are not thrilled about that method. Hey, I look, all I was saying is that I don't do that. Lots of it works for lots of people. But I think part of the reason they do it is to get them to a feeling of confidence. Confidence. Right? Because See, and I'm I just live in a yeah, state you're of con very confident. confidence. You're confident about your gut feelings and your gut choices. Well, that's because I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> you're always right. Yeah, I'm always right. So why so would I So do you I never doubt? feel regret about any of your decisions? Occasionally. Okay. Fair I mean is that because Very for that rare. decision I you almost... made a pro and con list and you didn't follow your gut? No, no. I, I think, I mean, sometimes I just make the wrong decision. Everyone makes the wrong decision sometimes. Um, you know, you, you mess up every now and then. I I think for the, for the vast majority of myself, yeah. when I make a decision, yeah. I commit myself to that decision yeah. and I try to make the best of it. And yeah. I don't, worry about what happens if i don't i don't second guess myself i'm i i remain right it's almost like i'm ignorant to the p p potentially better situation you know decision i made yeah and and i just it's like all right water under the bridge you know it's lost opportunity i'm gonna move on um and so so for example uh in all my years of school which is a lot because i did undergrad and law school um i never dropped out of a class Really? Not once. If I if I decided to sign up for it, I and I went. There was a couple times when I switched before the semester started, but I never went and then dropped and or switched. Once I committed, I was I was all in. That's interesting. I think that's I think no, that's weird. Weird. I think that's unusual. But yeah, I, oh, really? But I would yeah, think that, that this is, this it means. Point. Would you say that you? That you don't have as much stress as other people? Yes. Because I have very I think little a, stress. a large amount. I mean, I, I have a friend right now who's just all bunched up into uh, loops. And most of it is because. You don't know which way you're going. Yeah. Or when he or when he makes a decision, he he then can't doesn't you know, he he spends all of his mental energy thinking about how maybe that was the wrong decision yeah so there's there's a whole you know there's a whole brand of economics right where we're basically you know it's it's a sunken cost right so let's say you've invested in a big project yeah and and it, it it's it's a disaster okay so then you you're trying to decide what to do right do you just stop everything do you and and start working on a different project, right? Yeah. Well, if you allow the amount of money that you've already spent to be a factor in your decision moving forward, you will make the wrong decision. So what you so the the way to come to the correct decision is you just say, okay, everything and all the effort and time I've spent up to now is a sunk cost, right? We've already spent it. It's already it's in the past. Like there's, you know, we can't get that money back. It's sunk. It's gone. Yeah. So you just, you, you just draw a line and you just look at moving forward. What are our best options? And that's how you come to the correct decision, right? Because if you want to make the most amount of money, what you wasted money on in the past has no influence on how to make money in the future. You know, that's right. All right, so now I have another question for you. Right, so if you so if you spend a bunch of money on a project, and it's not going to work, continuing to throw money at it, right, until you come up with something, yeah, so you get really bad products, for example. So you know you you've you've this is kind of the way you think and the way you make decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Did you have you always been that way, or did you decide to do that because when you went to economic school and learned what you just explained? Um, I think I've. I don't want to say always, but at least since, you know, college, late teens. Yeah. I I just So you think it you think it's just kind of built into you the way you tend to think or do you Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I would say so. So like um 
So like uh, another example is that uh, so I was a freshman in college and I wanted to go to the school of business at the time, even though I ended up doing economics instead. And in order to go to the school of business, you actually had to have a certain prereq of uh, foreign language. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had I had done a little bit of French in high school, but I didn't really like it. So I, I so I needed um, I was just going to start over. Yeah. And so I walked up to a booth in Madison of the like the foreign language table yeah and I just said uh hey I want to learn a foreign language I, like I need to learn one for for the school of business um but I suck at foreign languages it's just not something I'm good at and I've never been any good at it so what can I learn that um no one else knows that's also useful that uh would give me like a competitive advantage you know because like yeah I could take Spanish but like I'm never going to be able to like in my head now of course this is completely wrong but uh, in my head right well like i'm never going to be able to compete with people who grew up bilingual and there's so many bilingual spanish speakers out there um that you know it you know it that's not going to give me so a competitive advantage oh so they, so i was like what should we what what should i take she's like well uh, i actually you know, know the ending to this yeah story. i know i know so she's like, well, there's Chinese. So like, yeah, okay. Uh, and and then, uh, but I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of people who's, you know, a lot of people in China who also speak English, so that doesn't really help me. Um, and then there's the middle of the Iraq war. She's like, well, there's Arabic. And she, and I'm like, yeah, no, no one knows Arabic. And it's a, you know, billion, like two, like a billion and a half people. I'm like, okay, thanks. And then, so then um, I did five semesters of Arabic and lived in Cairo for a year. Right. It wasn't right. And I didn't make a pros and cons list. I just said thanks and signed up. It was. But it was you like didn't a, end up going to business school either. Well, the, in fairness, that's because I didn't really know what it was. Like I was I, that had been this. This was before I took a single college class. Oh, OK. So I was looking into the business school and I wanted okay, to because you see. can't you couldn't I, you couldn't get in until like your junior year or okay, something. Anyways, okay, I, get just it. The right. I thought the I two had. decisions were intertwined. No, no. Um, it just I knew I needed to have this in order to get into the business school. So I wanted to leave my options open. Um, but yeah, at the time, right, like I had I haven't even hidden, moved into the dorm. This was at um, like the pre-college, like pick your classes before yeah. you even get to college uh, thing. And, and that's how I just, you know, I just made a decision to, to study that foreign language. And then I stuck with it for forever just because that's. So I feel like we have like um, two, two different kind of clusters of duopolies two different you know duopoly sounds like doo-wop you know duopolies well not to the younger generation who doesn't know what <laughs> is. i feel like we have two different clusters here that we could summarize and give people advice on and one would be if you're trying to get other people to make a decision you know here are the things you could do. And then there's the, if you're trying to uh, improve the quality of your life, here's the things you could do. So on the one side, if you're trying to get people to make a decision, uh, help them feel confident, um, show a picture, right? Uh, catch them when they're at the age that ends with a nine, right? That would be that cluster. And then on the other side, it sounds like uh, if you want to be, if you want to live with less stress, uh, make a decision, commit to it, and uh, let it go. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think. Um, and, and you just, you try to make the best of, of what it is and just, and just understand that uh, the decisions you make have consequences. And so if you make a decision, uh, and, and it's the wrong decision, that's okay. Um, you just, you just, it's water under the bridge and you just move on and you try to make the best decision for the next from, one from the situation you're in now. And, now. and that's, it's easy to say, and it's really hard for people to let go. And there's, you know, what if, you know, and you can, or I should have done this, ifs. I should have done yeah. that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's in the past. Be, yeah, it's in the, the past. Present. And, you know, Live for whatever. the now. I like worst case is you completely messed up and it's a disaster. You know, and that's, you know, oh, well, <laughs> you're not that important. <laughs> this is sound, showing you sound very Zen-like. 
Is that Zen? Yeah, yeah. The Zen would be, you know, I, I, I mean, and also kind of mindfulness, you know, idea, which is just live in the present. And Zen, I think Zen would be, well, maybe not Zen, but, you know, this idea of, hey, it's, you're not that important, right? You, you're just part of this whole system and, you know, get the ego out of it, right? Just, um, so uh, this is... Uh, this is also very Rick and Morty, which is a wonderful animated uh, show. Yeah. Um, and uh, the it's just a wonderful show, but but the it's it's even it's even uh, it's even one of the main characters is, is he's a very smart scientist. Um, he's very much like a cynic about everything. Yeah. And so his you know his kind of philosophy is well you're gonna die and nothing you do matters, um, but of course he's. I don't want to give too much of the show away, but you you should you should uh, really watch it. It's very funny. I'll have to check it out. I don't know that one. Oh, it's 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 really good. Um, yeah. So I guess so. If that's Zen, then I suppose that's what that's what we're saying. Well, that's a good way to to end. Can we end our podcast? You know, I have a sure. decision I would like people to make. Yeah. I would like them to pay me. Just what? I said, pay me. <laughs> no, I would like to. I would like them to decide to share the podcast with other people. Um, on a related note, yeah. I recently did a webinar for user test. I think it's usertesting.com. Yeah, usertesting.com. You did, and on the, uh, the it's a side cop to Snapchat. The uh, truths and myths of truths and myths of generational differences. Yeah. Um, it's a good talk. Uh, we got a good crowd. You should. Uh, we'll 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 post up some links. You can go watch it. We'll do a podcast on it's that too. It's because it's free. Well, something like that. But the point is, is that uh, if if you ever want us to come give a talk, you should send us a message. You can, you can bring in either or both of us. Yeah. The good news is I'm a lot cheaper than Susan. So <laughs> this is. Uh, hey, gonna work in your you favor. get what you pay for. Oh. <laughs> 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 just kidding uh, just kidding no funny. you're you're less expensive because i well i don't think you will be for long once people get to know you but that's what i like to hear i may be a more known quantity also i i have i'm younger so traveling is is still fun you know not to say it's not fun for you but it's you know it's more of a it's more fun for you yeah yeah, yeah. so Same. you're more willing to go to some of the far-flung places that i actually get invited to and sometimes go to but not that much yeah yes it's all true yeah and you can speak <sighs> arabic so no that's it i remember the part where i said i was really horrible at foreign languages you still were at, even after all that training uh there was a point a, uh, maybe five or six years ago where i was kind of conversational in a weird like egyptian dialect um, <laughs> but you've lost it i could never remember the vocab but you you'll be better if you get if you do get invited to a, an Arabic speaking country you'd be better at navigating it than I would be. Oh sure yes getting getting a cab buying yeah. things in stores reading a sign yeah saying thank you and sorry so so that yes oh yeah I can actually read things just fine yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what the words mean but I can. <laughs> but you can. Well no I feel like if I don't know the 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 word like the like the vocab yeah but like i said that's always been my problem yeah um i can't remember names i can't remember vocab in foreign languages it's yeah. just i just it's 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 my weakest point i'm kind of the opposite yes yeah you're you're great i with, love uh, learning foreign things. languages and i can usually retain them pretty i'm good well. at the grammar rules i'm great at the grammar rules i just i just cannot remember the vocab um i'm amazing with faces okay. i'm just I'm just amazing. Like if I see someone on the street, You'll, I just I know that yeah. I know them, hmm. and uh, I'm almost always correct. So, uh, but all right. So there you go. Invite person. us to speak at your event and share the podcast and rate the podcast. Do we have any other requests for decisions from our audience today? No, that's yeah. That's we've enough? we've made plenty of requests. Today. Okay. All right. Um, this was fun. Uh, if you have any. Um, questions or comments you can email us at info at the and have a happy memorial day here for those of you here in the states yep all good, Sounds Susan, good. thanks so much bye bye